we closed the door and came back and it followed me. Why do you I'm want to sorry. kill us with your flatulence? What I'm died <laughs> Something in died your ass? ass. Uh, EDR food would be what died in my ass. EDR? Employee dining room. Welcome to Couchcast, folks. Episode number 27. I am Master Dorgo. I am Dr. Vlarg. 80s Jeff. And we are here to tell you what's going on in Week in Geek. A public service from the Ugly Couch Show to you. <laughs> public service. I wonder if we can get money for that. <laughs> I think that's non-profit when it comes down to it, doesn't it? Non-profit? Yeah. That goes against everything I believe in. Yes, it does. Not to, you know, be judged by my bank account, but still. I was going to say, wait a minute, uh, you you work on the Ugly Couch Show, <laughs> that's, that's a non-profit We're going to call it Sweat Equity. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to dive right into Week of Geeks, wow. we've got a lot to go through, so Barry, what's going on out there? Well, let me tell you, man, I am bidding on some shit on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got the other window open. I'm bidding on a Pac-Man uh, Christmas ornament. I want that one that Paul got from last year. Tis the season. Tis the season. Oh, yeah, it's uh, Thanksgiving. You know what I want to talk about? Which I want to talk about whether or not you're going to eat turkey. Because let me tell you, mm-hmm. I never get turkey for Thanksgiving. I always get ham. Ham's great. Love ham. I get the honey-baked ham. You get the cornbread stuffed Why not? And you uh, get yeah. all the rotten potatoes. I'm, uh, it's just going to be me and Deb and my mom uh, for Thanksgiving. Nice. Yeah. should play low-key. Uh, what are you guys doing? For Wait, your mom's movie? gonna play Loki? She's awesome. Yes, clearly in the new Thor movie. Shut up. Uh, well, I'm going to Jerry and Francine's house. They uh, listeners and watchers of the show and uh, former guests there at Star Trek: The Experience. So uh, we uh, last year and this year had a little uh, Thanksgiving get together with uh, some of the former Trek crew at their place. Oh, thanks, nerding. Yes, right on. Yeah, nice. exactly. Although I really would love some deep fried turkey, I have to say. Oh, deep fried turkey! Deep fried anything, bad. Oh come on, you know so bad it's good. Goes right to your heart. You don't need that. Actually, deep fried turkey has less fat than uh, than a traditionally baked turkey. Through the wonders of modern medicine, I take these pills that allow me to eat anything I want, and it will not affect my heart at all. <laughs> I love modern medicine. What are you going? What are you going to do for Thanksgiving? Uh, I am going to dress up as Ford Prefect from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I hate you. And I'm going to go to my local fries and tell everybody the world's going to end in 12 minutes and they must get drunk on three pints of bitter. I, I really hate you. You lie so much. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm uh, having a lunch with my parents. I'm, we're we're going to... We got reservations at the Willows, and we're just going to sit down and have a nice family meal. I guess turkey is my choice or no. Mm. I used to have French toast for Thanksgiving because I wasn't thankful for turkey. I was thankful for French toast. (laughs) Understandably, see, see? yeah. Now, what do geeks do after the dinner? Because normally, you know, the rest of stupid America watches football and... (laughs) <laughs> and Jeff. Are you counting yourself in that? And Jeff. Stupid American. Geeks don't Jeff. do that. Geeks just. Dude, there are do. geeks that enjoy football. There's two in this room right now. I enjoy it to a point, but I can't say I'm a football fan. I know enough now that I can watch it and enjoy it while I'm watching it. But if I'm going to choose between that or, say, something on the Food Network, I'll probably go with the Food Network. See, that's awesome. I'm sorry, Jeff. I, I just got to say, you know, most geeks I know. Yeah, they don't get into the football so much you know what, at all. You know what I remember directly 
early Thanksgiving, this shows how far deep it goes. I remember finishing off the turkey dinner with big family get together and the family is all still at the table talking. I excuse myself. I go out to the living room where I have the Commodore 64 hooked up to the television and I play Ultima 4 by myself. See, that's kind of <laughs> like what I did. That's awesome. But with the Atari 2600. <laughs> Football, screw that. Yars Revenge. Yeah. See, that's the Thanksgiving night I... I no I watch love. football and I play video games. What the hell? I spent Thanksgiving with Richard Garriott. <laughs> and you were thankful for 8-bit graphics? I am still thankful for that man. 64K, yo. Oh, wow. That's, wow. That's not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We ain't even gotten to that part yet. Load nerd, comma 8, comma 1. Let's talk about some movie news. <laughs> what you got? Okay, Babylon 5 creator J. Michael Straczynski Ooh, like is now guy. drafting a screenplay for a new movie version of the classic 1956 sci-fi movie Forbidden Planet. Really? Yes. And he told, he? he told the reporter that the, the reboot will remain faithful to the original while adding more backstory and leaving room for a sequel. Nice. Now, if you, remember Forbidden, if you don't remember Forbidden Planet, it's like one of the most iconic uh, sci-fi movie posters ever. This is like the only thing Starting that very 80s young. Jeff has ever brought to the Ugly Couch yes. show on the show itself. Yes, faithful watchers will remember my uh, my review of the, the ill-fated HD DVD version, which was actually a very cool version. It still sits on the shelf there, a uh, little collector tin and everything, starring uh, a very young Leslie Nielsen, mm-hmm. Robbie the Robot, and... Uh, it's, uh, it was very cool. I, I, I still enjoy that movie. It was based loosely on Shakespeare's The Tempest. Loosely. And I yeah. Mean, very loosely. loosely. Much in the same way the zombie strippers is based on the, the absurdist play Rhinoceros. <laughs> you know, I couldn't get five minutes to that turkey of a film. My I God. did just because I was actually seeing the comparison to Rhinoceros. It was actually kind of working. Yeah, I was going to say, we watched it all the way through, didn't we? I watched it twice. The second time with text commentary. Well, I mean, granted, we got it Netflix, so I mean, it's that's not true. Like we we lost any money on the deal. So See, this, is, this is where I, I it loses me a little bit on the Netflix for Xbox 360 is that the reason I get DVDs overall is I want to enjoy the special features that come with. So I enjoy the discs they send me more than I actually now go on to direct download. If they had direct download with special features available, oh, I'd, it'd be over. Mm. He would never leave the house. Really, the, do the thing with the special features, it's like, okay, Lord of the Rings, perfect example. Mm-hmm. The extended versions of Lord of the Rings each are like three and a half hours each, yes. right? So you're looking at a good ten and a half to eleven hours of film. Which Jeff did spend in the theater watching one day. Smelly, smelly. It was awesome. <laughs> now, there's like three different commentary tracks. Yes! For each one. It's brilliant. Do you have to watch all 11 and a half hours three times again over? Dude, when yeah. I moved back to Las Vegas, he, I got so sick with something. I can't remember what it was, but I was like bedridden for a week. Yep. And I that's all I did. I oh, turned the computer man. toward the, the thing toward my bed. And I put in those discs, and I listened to all the commentaries of the special wow. editions. Wow. Now, did you watch all three movies and then watch all three movies again? No, I knew the movies well enough at that point, so I just turned it on from the commentary, because, uh, you know, if you know the movie, no, you don't have to see what it. I mean is... But you turn on the text. Did you watch the first movie with one commentary, and mm-hmm. then the first movie with another commentary? Yes, that's exactly what I did. Okay, I, thought, I figured maybe you'd just 
watch the first movie, then the second, then the third, then go then back start and do over another with the... commentary. No, no, one movie at a time. One movie at a time. Wow. But you have to turn on the uh, the, the text of what they're saying so it, you know, it corresponds better. Dedication. I do not have the patience for that. That's I wish, I wish some D's porn. Rule. I wish some porn would have commentary. Some porn does. <laughs> does it really? Does it yes, really? yes, it does. If you get the high end, good, like double DVD for one movie porn, yeah, commentary. Because I had the I I somehow I their... acquired the porn pirates. for pirates. I was going to say. See any I, I could see pirates and I'm pirates pretty too sure having that it has commentary. commentary on well, the it's desk. about some multi-angle stuff. No, I'm pretty that, sure but... there's a commentary on. Yeah, there's, does there's anyone have be. pirates or pirates two? Stagnetti's revenge. If you do, write us comments at Ugly Cow Show. I want to know if it's got commentary, and you know what? I might go out and buy that thing. Oh, there's a. It's not your only choice, man. Well, they had they a had that Netflix disc for adults thing too. on their website not long ago. You buy. Both of them together for like seventy bucks. Well, let me tell you about that. <laughs> They're Netflix super for adults. You're talking about the wanted list. Well, no, there's a bunch of them out there yeah. now. Hell, well, there's some that are like Netflix that do standard movies and they do adult films as well. Well, here's a little TMI. I subscribed to the wanted list for a short amount of time. Okay, and I never got the movies that I wanted. Well, uh, they send a, you something else. Well, if you have a queue of ten things, it sends you the worst shit, and then sometimes it just says short wait. Short wait apparently is like two months, and it never your movies never arrive. <laughs> I had to go out and pirate the shit I wanted to see. <laughs> it was pathetic, and nothing and new why. ever came out. So, so wanted list is terrible. I'm sorry. Two thumbs up your ass. And that's why you never got to see the commentaries. <laughs> well, I never got to see the commentaries because of them. Okay, what else we got? Holy crap! What? New moon. What about it? Earns 140.7 million for the best opening of the year, and I blame you, re- listener, who went to see New Moon. <laughs> Anyone who went to see this film and was like, eh, on it, it I'll just go just because, yeah, it's your fault. Well, it didn't beat the opening week of Batman Returns, though, right? Well, it, it did. It, it, I thought it did beat the Dark Knight's opening Dark Knight. weekend. No, it did. Third best opening weekend, opening weekend ever. But opening weekend. Uh, possibly, opening day, but not, but not opening op- weekend. Yeah, okay, it. yeah. Whatever. That's right. Yeah, it beat the record that Dark Knight set for opening day, but not opening weekend. Yeah, it shattered the records for opening day, 72.7 million, and midnight showings, 26.3 million. Uh, now, who are these people? Distributor Summit Entertainment's exit poll indicates that 80% of the audience were female. Big surprise! 50% were under 21 years old, which means the sequel skewed more female and younger than the first Twilight. So I guess that means, as the story goes on, its audience is getting girlier and younger. But this is great news for Death Cab for Cutie. (laughs) Kevin Smith said, never underestimate the power of tween girls, because they went in droves to this thing. It It was unreal. Man, I don't know. I, on one hand, I hate this film because the books are crap and the movie's mm-hmm. crap and it's just crap, crap, crap. And on the other hand, I gotta say, you know, good for uh, good for sci-fi, good for horror, kind of getting the, the teen girls interested in vampires and stuff. But it's not just the teen girls. I mean, yeah, they're the they're the target audience for this set of books and movies. But I was at work the other day and. I was the only guy on the floor, but 
Lucky. All the ladies that, you know, especially the ones that have kids, were talking about this thing. And they're like, oh, what team are you on? Are you team so-and-so or team so I'm like, what the fuck are you That's people Edward talking about? That's Edward and Jacob. Okay. Get it right. Edward. Well, so-and-so Jacob. and so-and-so is going to be my, <laughs> my statement on this because I, I don't wish to know their actual names. Edward, anyway, moving on. Are you on. team Edward or team Jacob? So, so, yes, they're talking about it at work. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this question. What? Vampires or werewolves? What do you like better? I don't really. What do you like better? You you have to like one better than the other. A vampire or a werewolf? Which would you rather? Would would you rather watch a movie about? Which would I rather watch a movie about? Yeah, pick I don't one. know. Just pick it's one. It's so super saturated. Pick with one. Both. Oh my god! Pick one. Just pick one. Just one. What do you like better? What do you vampire like better? Va- vampire or werewolf? Vampire I really don't vamp- care. I like them both. I I don't really care. So Wait, he dodged the so, question. So he's both Team Jacob and Edward. Wow. Oh, he's in. Oh, he's Lord. in for the threesome. Here we go. And you, sir. Uh, me, I choose mummies. Your team See, mummy. All right, so here's your here's, team Karloff. <laughs> here's my. I'm thought. team. This movie sucks ass. That's my thought. Here's here's my thought on this whole thing. As much as I am disgusted by the fact that this thing keeps going on, and it's definitely not something for us. It's not written for us. It's not really no. written for the male geek. It's written for. Young girls that think that there's some really deep love story in this thing, which there really isn't, from what people have told me. No, but these regardless, girl, yeah. these girls it's will this, go on. It's this idealized love story, and as much as I hate that this thing is doing so well, at the same time, I have hope that because they're being exposed to. Stories about vampires and werewolves and supernatural and fantasy stuff. That maybe, just maybe, they'll look into stuff like, say, Monster Squad or, you know... That's Monster where you Squad, go, Bram really? Stoker's Dracula. Dracula. Really? Monster Squad? I'm, I'm, I'm rolling into other things here. Dracula, Bram Stoker's yeah. Dracula. Dracula. Okay. okay, actually, chances are they'll roll into Anita Blake novels next. True but, Blood. Yeah. I I guarantee you if, no, no, if, if they were to true see Blood's True Blood, they might advanced. like it. True Blood's too advanced for these. But as they get older, no, 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 you've got to remember, right. some of these girls are in that you know 15 to 18 range, and you know when the next movie comes out, it's going to be, what, around third, third or fourth season of True Blood? Yeah. Maybe they're going to be like, oh, well, this is also about vampires. There's another problem. This. Everyone else is jumping on the bandwagon. Have you walked into a Borders bookseller lately? No. Bookseller. Well, Okay, well, well that, if you ever walk into Borders or Barnes & Noble or frickin' Walmart... Right. And even, I swear to God, the Smith's, the food store I go to. The no, supermarket, I... There's all these... There's all the books. It's all know, over Burger all of, King. But there's all these copies of these books. It's not the Twilight series. It's like Vampire Diaries. Or it's, it's but here's like the kicker. something else close. Vampire Diaries right. is a young adult series from the early mid-90s. It's been around a lot longer. I mean, just like I said, the Anita Blake novels, which I, I think is the the natural progression of this one. It's pretty much. Oh, there's even R, a vampire. It's, that's diaries. pretty much R-rated. Uh, um, the CW novels. has a Vampire Diaries series right yeah, now. Yeah, based and of course that got pushed forth because of Twilight. But these things have always been out there. Right. It's just that Twilight is the one that broke it all open, and now these things are just getting new covers. Yeah. yeah. But of course, the copycats are but coming too. But the point too, is that, but... that you're you're going to get stuck in the teen girl romance thing, and these girls aren't ever going to graduate to reading uh, the Dead After Dark and Charlie and Harris's. Stuff. Although, although one well, r- real might, interesting thing as they get older, maybe 
They might as they get older, is what I'm saying. Well, then there's an obvious solution. We, like animals in the wild, we have to uh, radio tag these girls <laughs> and watch them grow up from a car and with a telescope. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 subtle, subtle encouragement. He's like, no, don't go there down that Twilight Road all the way. Why don't you go down the uh, the Mary Shelley Road here, or the Bram Stoker it. Road down here? I'm gonna have to buy an ice cream truck <laughs> <laughs> and be that creepy guy. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, so you note. like that Twilight? Uh, here, why don't you read this book? Would dead, you like a dead, snow cone? Dead until dark. I would bet you, you like. Would it. you like a cream sickle? Would you like this book? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting side note. Uh, Laura was telling me today that she was at Barnes and Noble and right next to the big Twilight display, I mean like right next to it, without space, was a big Dungeons and Dragons fourth edition <laughs> set up. Nice. Well, maybe we can get nice. them turned on to Ravenloft. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. now that we've spent way too much time on this topic, what else have we got? Uh, George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones. The yeah. filming is complete. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Uh, three Exciting. weeks of shooting took place in three different countries and involved a cast of two dozen and more than a hundred extras. Well, well, three weeks of shooting for Game of Thrones? Yeah. That cast sounds really short. include Lena yeah. Headey, who you know from uh, 300, okay. and uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles, uh, as Cersei Lannister, a woman of royal blood. Yeah. Peter Dinklage as Cersei's brother Tyrion. I don't know who that is. Nick... Uh, Nicolaj Coster-Waldau as... Where did they get these fucking names? <laughs> Cersei's twin, Jamie, and Sean Bean as okay. uh, aristocrat Ned Stark. And I don't know anybody. Now, knows. is this three weeks of shooting? HBO is reportedly expected to give its decision on a green light around March. Is, is this being set up as a series or like a one-shot miniseries? TV or? show... A TV show. I think it's a TV show. Okay, then three weeks makes sense if it's a okay. TV show. Okay, I was going to say, Our yeah. TV show. And what great source material. If you because haven't read, read Game of I've Thrones, then I will pull into my goods over here and make sure you at least get the first book. I think you will really enjoy it. Okay, okay. It's, it's, uh, it's real brash, dark fantasy. Good. Is it better than uh, You Know Who, whose name I shall not mention? The Wheel of Time? Oh, God. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a matter of opinion, but to a lot of people, yeah, it's certainly uh, darker, grittier. Good, I like that. That's uh, I, I, it's uh, probably one of the, my best better? fantasy series that I've read since the early uh, Terry Goodkind novels. Okay, is it written better? Yes. Good. Yes, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's got a good flow. Good. Uh, more movie news. There's more people in Thor. Cat uh, Dennings. What's a Cat Dennings? Cat, what's a what's a Cat Denning? Mm-hmm. It's this uh, really talented actress. Oh, and she's very pretty. Nice, nice rack. I know that name. Cat Denning. Uh, Nick and Nora's old. Uh, oh, that yes. Okay, oh, yeah. That uh, she was, she was, she was also a forty-year-old virgin. virgin. Yeah, look good in that movie. Uh, Cat Denning's is uh, going to be in the film uh, with Natalie Portman. Uh, it's already full of big names. I don't know what she's playing. It doesn't say. Anyone know? I think she's playing Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> yes, clearly. She's playing all of Asgard. She had to gain about 500,000 million pounds with people. <laughs> uh, got a little video game news here. Ooh, what you got? Uh, well, it's not news to anyone who knows anything about Blizzard. If you were hoping <laughs> to see Blizzard's Diablo 3 anytime soon, you're not in luck. It's now in the... Uh, 
will have to wait a few years category. Really? Years now? Uh, yeah. Uh, Techland asked Blizzard's executive president of game design, Rob Pardo, why it's taken so long. And he said, we always announce our games too early. Uh, we realize that and go, you know what? Next time we're not going to do that. And we always fail at it. But I'd rather fail at that than fail at making the game great. I think True. it's safe to say that, yeah, Diablo 3 is not going to be out next year. So, so we're looking at 2011 at 2011. 2011. I'll give them this. Mm-hmm. They do wait to release these things until they're polished and clean. That's true. Blizzard does have an incredible track record. With they patched the hell out of stuff, but the game is still tight yeah. from the get-go. Still, why you got to tease me like that? <laughs> why you got to be like that? Why you got to show me the leg and then don't give me the goods? Speaking of the leg and the goods, uh, Borderlands released their first expansion on the Xbox. I think also PC and so on for uh, the Zombie Island ad- uh, adventure. It's like nine ninety nine for the uh, add-on. But uh, yeah, whole new sets of areas, new quests, new creatures, zombies, obviously. Oh, if I only had time to play that game. I did see a nice little trailer for it, finally. Yeah. Love that game. I, I heard the uh, opening song uh, by Cage the Elephant. Yeah. On the radio. Did you? Nice. Yes, yes I did. That's a good song. A great song. What's it called? Uh, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. Yep. Like that song. Uh, stupid blizzard. Damn it, give me my Diablo. <laughs> Science! Ow! <laughs> Science! <laughs> and ten cents to Thomas Dolby. <laughs> okay. Um... Easy Science first. Uh, Symphony of Science. dot com. Uh, the guy released a third song. But you said you weren't all that excited about it. Yeah, I think he kind of phoned this one in a little bit. But it's got Richard Dawkins in it. Well, I like that. Yeah, and Michio Kaku. So it's all good. It's more science and auto tuners. <laughs> Woohoo! It's Music, a nice combination. Music for nerds, people. Give them money. They do deserve it. It's uh, it's very, very well done. And I'm not a huge fan of the uh, the pitch auto correction. Unless but, it's T Pain. Uh, uh, even T Pain. Well, I guess <laughs> I guess on a boat was not bad. That's but right. anyway, uh, I, overall, I'm not a big fan of it. But it really works in that Symphony of Science series. I, I just, it actually, it makes it better. And it it just it's just really well done. So yeah, yeah. kudos to them. The president is watching out for killer robots. The president. The president. Our president. Of the United States. Yes. Wow. Yes. At his, uh, present, while presenting his Educate to Innovate campaign, uh, which aims to promote the development of new inventions by students all around the country, mm-hmm. um, he says, uh, quote, as president, I believe that robotics can inspire young people to pursue science and engineering. And I also want to keep an eye on those robots in case they try anything. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a man who knows where his towel is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the second one today. <laughs> I know it. Well, you been reading the books again? I what? have been reading the books again. I oh, so adore them. Those are good books. And uh, the last piece of science news, and the last piece of news I have, the Large Hadron Collider, which was supposed to herald the end of the world, creating oh my a black God, hole. Starts up again, producing its first collisions. Now, they weren't of any significant energy, but it's a milestone. It marks an important step in getting it up and running and filling in that last space on the particle bingo card. (laughs) 
So I'm pretty excited about it. So, yes. what, so do you yell bingo when that last space is filled? <laughs> Did everything what? just taste purple for a minute? <laughs> no, okay, look. <laughs> one, of the, one of the major goals is a confirmed sighting of the Higgs boson, which is the last undiscovered particle predicted by the standard model, standard model of physics. Oh, it's yes. expected to help us understand why some elementary particles, such as the W and Z bosons, have mass, and why some don't, like photons and gluons. If it's found, it fills in that about. last square. Why are you looking at me? And allows us to put the standard model on a shelf and don't worry about it. But it's even more exciting if we can't find it, because then we're left with a theory that accounts for every elementary particle except for one. And then they have to develop a new theory that's, that can explain everything and could prove some other shit that's, you know, why there's not as much mass in the universe as, as there should be. So it's, it's pretty exciting stuff for Yes, it uh, is. It really is. And fuck you for making fun of me and my I, science. I can't help it. It's I love my physics, man. I do, too. That's why I'm, I'm such a hypocrite on that. Cause I, really <laughs> I love do. it. I love he's love looking it. at me during the whole the thing, and I'm like, what? I get what he's talking about. <laughs> go on. <laughs> so there you go. Nerd. Nerd. Nerds. What do you got? I got two things in our news you don't give a shit about category. And both of them have to do with remakes, reboots. Oh, Oh, boy. It's your favorite topic. Indeed. Well, It's like a show that doesn't go by where there's some new announcement of some remake, redo. I know. But two of these in increasing lesser relevance. Rename this the redo cast. io9 spoke with producer Ryan Cavanaugh. He says... The script is great. We're very excited about it. The Crow is definitely going to happen. We're just getting all the pieces together right now. What was wrong with the first one? It's not officially greenlit, but it's going to happen. I no! think in a couple months we no! could have the package together for sure, unquote. I refuse to allow that to happen. There was nothing wrong with The Crow to begin with. Except its sequels. Yeah. Well, yeah. The sequels and the TV series. Yeah. No there thanks. There was a TV. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Oh, yes. There was a TV series. Yeah. What is this? You, you missed know. nothing. Okay. Yeah, you really weren't missing much. <laughs> missed this. They should have stopped after the first movie. It was good. It was good. Was Great it a, soundtrack. It Jason yes. Scott Lee that it was in the It can't rain series. all the time. Well, except that song. That song yeah, that song good. did suck. Man. Yeah, so you were getting a reboot no of The Crow. But who knows? I mean, it might be good. Can't, can't judge these things yet. I, I can judge it. It's got... Huge shoes to fill. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. Seriously. Why? Why? Well, well, then hold on to your socks for this next one, because this one is even more important. This is from a fantasy.fr through chud.com. Okay. Paradox Entertainment is currently working on a new movie adaptation for Cole the Conqueror. <laughs> okay, with that one they couldn't get any worse because the first one was Kevin Sorbo. Oh, it was pretty bad. Yes. Frederick Malmberg, Paradox Entertainment CEO, used the occasion of an exclusive interview to reveal his company was working on a new Cole movie. Cole was born pre-Cataclysm Atlantis, had lots of pulpy Robert E. Howardy adventures. Most importantly, he was kind of the template for Conan. In fact, the first Conan yeah. story was a rewrite of a Cole tale. Cole got his own movie, of course, in 97, starring, as you said, Kevin Sorbo, which kind of just ruined it for all of us. Sorbo! But I will say that Kevin Sorbo is one of the best parts of the upcoming uh, release of the exploitation film Bitch Slap. (laughs) 
which I saw the fan, which I saw the Fangoria convention. Yeah, Kevin Sorbo's in that. That's all right. It was actually it was a fun, fine moment when that happened. He's actually a really nice guy. I've met him a couple of times. I'm sure he is. I've been told he's a really nice guy. But that's it for the news you don't care about. The rest uh, of it's actually fairly interesting to the right people. Great. One movie I'll, I'll bitch and whine about for six months until I finally see it and continue to bitch about it for six months. And the other one I'm just not going to see. <laughs> I really don't give a shit about either of those. That's not true. I really do give a shit about The Crow. That makes me very angry. Mm-hmm. I'm just livid right now. Ugh. Is it is it supposed to be like a full-on reboot? Or is it just... Or, or are they no, not revealing the, anything? No, The Crow is a reboot. Okay. Yeah. Cole's another whole story, I guess. But you don't have that Seattle grungy angst. No, no. It, uh, and really, the goth movement has already kind of played itself out. It's a fringe movement at best now. So who, who who's this written for? Emo kids? <laughs> I was just going to say that. A bunch of little bastards that are with mop tops and, and the thick black glasses and the girlfriend's jeans. I was going to say emo kids or steampunk kids. Emo is goth for pussies. So the crow will just them. be sad. Uh, <laughs> like its sequels. All right. Like Morrissey. Now this one, this one, I just had to put it out there because I'm very amused by this. I can't bring myself to spend the money, but uh, there's a, a pair of uh, kicks. You know the shoes called yes. kicks. Yeah. You know, based on the Splatterhouse video game coming out. A Splatterhouse. Uh, How are shoes based on Splatterhouse? I know it. It's 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 so goofy. Splatterhouse is getting a reboot on the modern arcade stuff. It was an old side-scrolling uh, action arcade game. Got a lot of flack. Got banned in a lot of areas. Very, very bloody. Of course I bought it. And it was gruesome, man. Yeah, it's, it's a fun little side-scroller. And it, so we're getting a new one. The new one looks good. But, uh, but Namco has announced the Splatterhouse Superfly High, which is modeled on Rick's, the character from the game, sneakers in the game, and is splattered with blood. They're 80 bucks, and they come with a T-shirt. I have to admit, these series look pretty good. They're well, black. $80 black. is not bad for a pair of shoes, Especially though. a pair of kicks like these. Yeah. And it's got Splatterhouse written on the side of the sole, blood spattered up the sides, and a uh, little skull button and red shoelaces. Especially if you're getting a t-shirt with it, that's not bad at all. So, it's it, I liked them when I saw them, so I had to bring it up. Why don't you go buy a pair of them? Because I'm not spending 80 bucks on shoes. Anymore. I got enough shoes. Wow. That's true. Because I'm a dude. <laughs> He's got so many goddamn pairs of shoes. Sometimes I'll like, come from home from work, and I'll try to open the door to come inside the... the when I'm the walking around house, comfort shoes, and I have boots, I have work shoes, and I have workout shoes. That's four pairs of shoes. That's not that many shoes. That that's called utility. All that's all shoes utility. over there by the door. I have door six bearing. pairs of shoes. Those what are Milda Marcos. Those are all Todd's shoes over there by yeah. the door. And so? there's, there's about two pairs I need to throw out. So, <laughs> eh, wine. <laughs> what else? Okay, this this is this is from Chud, and even though they asked the reviewers not to reveal this, this is a gift from us to all the people out there. The Blu-ray for Fight Club is coming up. Oh, all right. And in possibly the best home video prank since the elite Night of the Living Dead disc started with a scrapped up print and then out of sync music before revealing the beautiful new restoration that it really was. The new Flight, uh, Fight Club Blu-ray doesn't even start up with the movie at all. When you pop the disc into your Blu-ray player, the menu that pops up is for the film Never Been Kissed starring Bru- Drew Barrymore. 
<laughs> of course, after a few seconds, the menu disappears and the real one pops up. So kudos to David Fincher for fucking with his fans. That's Drew awesome. Drew Barrymore gave the okay to use uh, to gave the okay to uh, Edward Norton apparently for the joke, and Fox implored reviewers not to reveal it, but. That's too cool not to bring up. It's worth buying the disc for that alone. Now, the disc itself, the bonus features are identical to the great two-disc special edition that was released a long time ago. In my understanding, discontinued a while ago. But uh, there's only a few extra features. One regarding the audio design, and the other one is an acceptance speech for the uh, Spike TV Guys' Choice Awards. What? I know, because apparently the homoerotic subtext was lost on them. When did them. Spike TV actually begin to matter? They never did. They still don't, really. Yeah. They they matter in their own head. They they think they're TV for guys, girl. You know. I mean, they they have their little video game awards and oh yeah, and, and their show? horror their horror awards. Remember, uh, remember Mansers? Like remember, it's still on. I hate that show. <laughs> God, they somehow compress, uh, compress. They somehow expand two minutes of television into half an hour. Hmm. It's ridiculous. Craziness. This is this was real exciting. Get ready, folks. Uh oh, right. what do you got? Jackass 3D is on Paramount's 2010 release slate. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Chud, this is the moment that 3D has been waiting for. Avatar is just the John the Baptist for Jackass's 3D's Jesus Christ, <laughs> preparing the way, getting the theaters converted to digital, line. so that Johnny Knockville can come right into your face. <laughs> on your face? Uh, whatever you want to take. Uh... But yes, Jackass 3D. All the vomit and spew and nastiness <laughs> and broken bones right in your lap. Yeah, I gotta tell you, Jackass is a guilty pleasure. It truly is. I adore it. I can't I not like it. Funny. I will tell you, my my very conservative mother. Yes, I was just gonna say that. Likes Jackass. <laughs> His <laughs> mother saw it and loved it. But she's just like seeing people make a complete asses of themselves. <laughs> she was like always, watching the Three Stooges. Yeah, yeah. She loves the Three Stooges. <laughs> Todd came home one day and he goes, "I watched Jackass with my mom," and I'm like, "Oh, that didn't sound like it went over well." No, she loved it. I'm like. <laughs> You're kidding. You're bullshitting me. No, she really loved it. She likes Jackass. So, yes, we're getting a new one. The second one was was still good, but okay. But, yeah, it's its, its own kind of performance art. I wouldn't go see it in the theater. I would. I'll watch it on TV. I watched the first Jackass movie in the theater and never regretted it. There, the, the only thing with those two movies, they, they do a few things that have just made me gag. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you, and, and, and they I, make me I, nervous I, watching them. There were a couple of times, like... I actually had to look away from the screen to mean to regain my composure. It is a test, it, uh, and and then, but you know, I, I truly loved it. I laughed my ass off, and it 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 truly is a guilty pleasure. You're right, Barry. It's you hate that you like to watch it, but it's fun. I mean, maybe it's the little shot in Freud with the you know watching them, you know, hurt themselves yeah. doing the stupidest things. But part of it, yeah. But part of it also is they have these great, ridiculous personalities. These are not yeah. people you want to know, but they're people you want to watch. Oh, God. I don't want to know any of those people. Oh, yeah. And I, do, I do love the... Oh, well, he makes me nervous because he's got so much money and he does the dumbest shit. True. Ugh. And I also love the, the kind of the, quote, behind-the-scenes stuff, unquote, that happens in between each segment. <laughs> Steve-O the... actually was in a mental ward. He's actually institutionalized. Wow. <laughs> When did that happen? Oh, last year. Oh, okay. 
Wow. Oh, cool. Wow. I can't believe you guys are going to give In them 3D. money. Oh, yeah. You bet I am. And probably get the DVD. Uh because no, that I is worth watching the over theaters. and over and over. That's something you with, watch at two in the morning when you're drunk with commentary. No, we we went and saw them in the theaters with groups. Oh of people. Yeah. my god, it was so much fun. Oh, okay. it is I so much fun. I realized I don't really care about going to get a big group together to watch a movie because no, it's a film you know, shared you're experience. Watching a film. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to the person next to me. I'm watching a film. That's it. So I really couldn't give a shit. Whether or not anyone's watching it with me. No, yeah. there's a I there's, like going out afterward to eat and talk about it. Yeah, I like and but the thing is if you've all seen it in the same place, it's all fresh for you at the same yeah. time. It's one thing if you all go out and say, Okay, I, we're all gonna go see Avatar. If you see it in separate theaters and then you get together a couple days later, it's not gonna be as fresh. The excitement is not gonna be there, or the level of disappointment is not gonna remain as it will afterwards. When you come out of the theater you start talking, that was cool, that sucked ass. Then you get the real discussions. Because I remember when I went to see uh, Revenge of the Sith and Chad Randall, who used to work at Star Trek The Experience, wanted to kick my ass because I was spouting some hatred for the no <laughs> moments and so on. Do you remember this? Yes, I totally remember I remember this. Chad was it was at the Orleans. He was downstairs in the with the, uh, with the slot machine just sitting there, his hand in his head, and finally he said, just shut up. Just shut up. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm going to punch you. I'm going to punch you. Because he was trying to enjoy the moment of glory <laughs> and that I was stealing from him. i got to tell you, I was also enjoying the moment of glory of finally seeing this film. And uh, people were naysaying. And I knew it was true. I just didn't care. And he knew it too. Anyway. He just didn't want to hear it at that moment. But it was such, yeah, a, such oh, a great moment. It was. I, he, he just truly was so wrapped in the warm blanket that he felt that Revenge of the Sith was. And we we're all like, did, did we watch the same movie? Because, I mean, yeah, it was very pretty, but story-wise, it kind of sucked. Yeah, I gotta and, tell you, and Chad I was see movies just... like that, and I'm just happy about it, I, I, I look over stuff like that, like Chad did. I just look over like the small details that suck. And what? Chad went and saw it in the theater at least six times, oh, sure. from what I know. So I mean, you know, you know, kudos to him for enjoying it. Just oh, yeah. it was it was, you know, it was just one of those things. He but he if, really looked like he was going to be physically violent towards Todd yeah. at one point. <laughs> and that would not have happened if we had gotten together a few days later where we had time to digest it and so on. And the passions are still there for what you enjoyed and what you didn't. And that's where the group going to see a movie yeah. really shines in. And when you have a movie that doesn't have a story like Jackass, where you're actually sharing in an experience, and usually that experience is disgust and, oh my God, afterwards you just, you just revel in that together. Well, Unless, I'm just going gonna, gonna to revise my statement to say, very succinctly, that it is not so much the shared experience <laughs> of watching the movie as it is the shared after experience of discussing a movie. Yeah, it's really what it comes down to. It's yeah. it's that you're all we're in there at the same time, so you're all we're finished at the same time. The reactions all happen at the same time. And the same thing happens when you go to a porno theater and see a porno movie. That is a shared experience and then, then unfortunately. <laughs> unless you're wearing a raincoat. <laughs> yeah, have have not experienced that, so 
Got, I'll have to bow to your experience on that. I have never experienced that either. <laughs> they don't even have porno theaters anymore. Evansville had a porno theater. In really? The did they? I went really? To, they actually did. It's closed down since. Oh. But yeah, we had that, that, uh, that was interesting. <laughs> I do remember they had one in Wichita I used to drive by, and I just I would laugh at the titles because there's this huge marquee. Oh, the marquee's great. Like I'm talking like an actual movie theater size marquee that you can see from like a mile away and it's like Ramboner 3 or The Penetrator just it's just it's stuff that you're driving by and going <laughs> it was so amusing in Evansville it was it's right next by. to the city's largest haunted house every year so you just got family after family going through this haunted house right next to this porn marquee that it was just glorious that is glorious Good oh, man, oh man. the family friendliness of it all <laughs> Chevy Chase is back. What? Not another talk show. No. He's, He's back by appearing in a Super Bowl commercial as Clark Griswold from National Lampoon's Vacation. The ad is for HomeAway Vacation Rentals and will also feature Beverly D'Angelo and a replica of the original Family Truckster station wagon. Wow. Oh, cool. That's cool. Well, they did that in the Family Guy. The uh... Right. So it's... And Blue also, there, there's uh, talk going around that they're working on another vacation movie, not a reboot, a sequel. Nice. Uh, featuring Rusty as the patriarch of the family with uh, cameos by uh, Clark and Ellen. Mm, I don't know if they can pass that torch. That's, because Clark and Ellen were the movie. But they'll also be in the movie. It's kind of like the whole Ghostbusters thing where they want to pass it to another group, but they want to keep the old guys in there as kind of a shaking of the hands and passing it along kind of thing. So right. it depends who they cast and how it's done. Mm. I think it can work. As long as it's not, not Cousin Eddie. Oh, I God. like Cousin Eddie. I like him fine, yes, but, but he didn't he's need a, his own movie. He is, yeah, I was going to say, he's a, he's a secondary character. He's, he's a, a, he's a DVD movie. He is not, yeah, exactly, he's a DVD movie. He's not a, he's not a central character that could support a whole movie. You know he was a DVD movie, right? What, what? Yeah, they released a National Lampoon's Vacation Cousin Eddie movie. They really? did? Yeah, it's out there on DVD. Oh, folks. wow. Are you bullshitting us No, right I'm now? not. It's, it's out there. Unless wow. I had a fever dream. Well, he's not going to be in it no matter what, because him and his wife are tearing up hotel rooms. Yeah, I hear about that. Getting thrown in jail. But you know what? I've had enough Eddie. I, I thought there was too much Eddie in Christmas Vacation. It was good for Christmas Vacation, but then when they went to Vegas Vacation, yeah. it was like, enough already. Yeah. He became a very big part of Vegas Vacation. Which Rusty are they going to choose? Just a new actor to play they, Rusty? Who knows? They might have an old, bring back one of the old ones, or they could very well do a new one. After all, they've changed the Rusty every damn movie. Hmm. That's still one of my favorite lines in Vacation. It's like, you kids look different every time I see you. <laughs> 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 oh, it kills me. I forget, I forget which, which mother that was. Well, I oh, like Chevy so Chase. In most of his movies, I've heard he's kind of a prick in real life. Though. That's pretty much all I hear across the board. And you know what? I, I'll almost second, there, second that because being the commentary buff that I am, I listened to the European Vacation okay. commentary that had Chevy Chase on there, and he was a dick through the whole thing. At the end, just just, just pretty much saying, why are you watching this? Why are you doing this? <laughs> just essentially insulting me for listening to him. It was Great. pretty much all I got. Dick. Yeah. So, yeah, that sounds like... On another note, what the hell are you doing watching the commentary for Vacation? I love the Vacation movies, man. And a Chevy Chase giving commentary for Vacation? Come on! Brilliance! All right. 
<laughs> I, I, I will say this, Barry. I, I, the commentaries sometimes make a crappy movie tolerable because you just want to know, okay, why is this thing such a stink burger? And, I have and, movies in this collection that I absolutely despise because it has a commentary on it and I wanted an explanation. Yeah, oh, exactly. Um, the one commentary I really enjoyed for an otherwise shitty movie, I Spit on Your Grave. Yes, that is one of the best commentaries ever recorded by Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah. It makes that movie watchable, and not only watchable, but enjoyable, because that movie is not, enjoyable, not enjoyable whatsoever. Or watchable. That's a prime example of a movie that I absolutely despise that is saved by the commentary. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good I call. In fact, we, I ended up bringing it on the other couch show because of it. Yeah. I wonder if there's any other movie that Joe Bob Briggs is going to... Oh, he has to have done more. We should look that up. Yeah. Speaking of DVD release, press release from uh, DC DVDs for the Crisis on Two Earths DVD coming up on Blu-ray. There will be a bonus Spectre cartoon included on the disc. DC Showcase The Spectre, the first animated short in the all-new DC Showcase series, focuses on a detective story with an ethereal twist featuring the otherworldly character originally introduced in DC Comics in 1940. Short is written by Steve Niles... You know, 30 Days a Night, blah, blah, blah. Right. And the voice of the cast includes uh, Gary Cole from Entourage and Alyssa Milano from Charmed. Cool. I, this is great. I like the idea of them releasing these big, you know, they, they've, DC's done some really good stuff yeah. on their straight-to-DVD. Well, and Gary Green Lantern, uh, Wonder Woman, and they've been including, you know, little, like, episodes from TV shows. But sure. now they're creating shorts of lesser-known DC characters that people do enjoy. Well, I was going to say, Gary Cole's no stranger to, to voice work. I mean, hell, he was the voice of uh, Harvey Birdman in that series. So, I mean, he's he's done a lot of voice work. I, that's just the only one I can think of right off the top of my head. But, uh, in fact, I actually, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Gary Cole also did some voice work um, in the Justice League Unlimited series. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. So, and, you know, and Andrea Romano, who seems to do all the voice casting for those DC projects, really does a fantastic job of getting the right people to do the voice work for the right characters. So, so yeah, cool. I'm very interested seeing that, you know, if they could only get that done with Marvel and their oh, that would straight, be nice to, too. straight to DVD animated That's series. That's probably the first time I could say that, you know what, Marvel really needs to take a lesson from DC because the extras for the Marvel stuff they've been releasing is nowhere near as good and how as the is DCs. It, how is it they do so well, now that Marvel Studios has been established, how is it they do so well with the comic property movies now, but they can't do that with the, the animated straight-to-DVD? I, th- I, I just, I don't get that. Well, I will say this, that so far the animated DVDs for DC tend to be a little more mature-oriented. I mean, sure. certainly a kid can watch it, but I'd say with regard, I'd put it at PG-13. Oh, at the very minimum. At, yeah, for the DC stuff. And Marvel, I think they're still talking to the kids on the, yeah, on the animated you're stuff. you're probably right. It does seem to be a little more youth-centric because as far as the stories go. When the they Marvel. did uh, The Ultimates, the, if they veered away from the original comic book so drastically that it was such a disappointment because the original comic book is kind of hard-hitting. I mean, stuff that made my jaw drop as far as storyline goes because, I mean, from domestic abuse and so on, But and that's really what solidified a good part of that story and uh, completely missing from the DVD and suffered because of it because they went to this whole kind of Nazi alien story that even 
doesn't fully even figure in in the original comic. So yeah. <laughs> well, so I have just another retelling, man. It's all just I, another retelling. What I have in front of me, I somebody's in trouble. Huh? Okay. I have a detention report right oh, here. I wonder what that was. I can't. I, you know, I didn't copy down what school this was from, but that uh, right here, it's a full. In triplicate copy, detention report dated five thirty one oh six. Name of the students: Anthony. The I'm um, saving his last name, you know, to protect the uh, innocent or guilty. For uh, for you know, it happened nine ten, on the date of six five oh six. Okay. He teacher's signature was Mrs. Island, and the reason for Anthony's detention: disrupting class by standing, unbuttoning his shirt. To reveal a Superman T-shirt and announcing that he was Superman. <laughs> what, what, what? Number of character points deducted: ten. <laughs> I say plus twenty. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I guess. I well... wish I were cool enough to have done <laughs> shit like that. I got detention for dumb things like just being late talking in class. I never ripped open my shirt and said, I am Superman, and then hummed the theme and walked, ran out of class. He that would might, be awesome. He might have had detention for a day. How old was this? He's kid? cool forever. I don't know. What grade was he in? It's, uh, it looks like it's elementary, though. Oh. Well, it, it, I guess it will all depend on two things, whether he was just doing it as a joke or whether he truly believed he, he was Superman in and of that. All moment. right, if the second one is true, then maybe he needs to go to that special room with the, <laughs> with the well, earphones and the If he's like in strips. second or third grade, everyone wants to be Superman. You believe you're Superman, whatever. Well, that's if he's I, like in the 11th or 12th grade, yeah. then you're just a smartass or you've got problems. All right. Or you're one it. of us. Or you're one of us, yeah. <laughs> Google I have, I have Stormtrooper armor. What the hell? I can't talk. Way to go, kid. <laughs> Are you, are you guys familiar with Gentle Giant? Yes. Yeah. Gentle Giant creates some of the most amazing replicas and toys out there. They're not toys to be played with. They're toys to be worshipped and revered and sacrificed children to. I have a broken Gentle Giant piece. Even a, that is awesome. I have a Grand Moff Tarkin, but the, the chair in the back is kind of snapped. But That's all right. It. It's still Gentle Giant. Well, they have a new statue due next spring. It's going to be an R2-D2. With all the bells and whistles. When I say bells and whistles, I mean saws, lightsabers, and shit. This fully loaded 7-inch R2 statue has 8 accessories for you to attach or not attach, including the mechanical gripper he used to wrestle Yoda for snacks, the periscope scanner he used to navigate through Dagobah Swamp, the interface thing he used to hack into every computer in the ship of the galaxy, uh, the other radar he uses to look for Han and Luke on Hoth, the saw that he cuts Leia's chains with on a Jabba's barge sail, and uh, an electric shocker that he tases Yoda with, and Luke's uh, Return of the Jedi lightsaber, and something else that they're not revealing. Not impressed. It's seven inches, though? Not yeah. impressed. That's what kills me, is it's seven inches. Not impressed, it and I'll looks tell you awesome. why. It looks awesome. Okay, seven-inch thing with the, with the tools? Mm-hmm. Great. I Go over to astromech.net. Mm-hmm. And the official website of the R2-D2 Builders Club. These oh, are people you serious? Look at this. are building these things for real. Yeah, the full-size ones. That's right. Oh, my God. I imagine for the General Giant real. a lot less expensive. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, they're customizing them to their own, you know, there's like R7-A2, R2-KT, that's a 501st one, R4-M9, and they work. 
They work. I wouldn't yep. even care if it worked. A full-scale replica to your own design. I wouldn't mind an R5-D4. There's a magazine for this stuff. A magazine, really? They have, a, they have their own magazine and everything. Go there. Check it out. What, what, what's the website again? Uh, astromech.net. Astromech.net. And just, just Google R2-D2 Builders Club. There's a few different uh, websites there. I love people's niche hobbies. Bless you all. Yes, definitely. You you make me proud. I've seen people tool around. Fuck with Gentle these Giant. Are yeah. Awesome. Yeah, fuck Astro Gentle Mac. Giant. Build your own. <laughs> Be a man. Or geeky man. Right. You might have heard this one. Actually, I, I first heard this on NPR earlier this week, and I knew it had to be part of the show. This is from a Minneapolis, Minneapolis City Pages, uh, their f- newspaper out there, the little weekly thing. Darman Spears spoke only Klingon to his child for the first three years of the child's life. I heard about this. Oh, no. Not Spanish, French, Mandarin, not some guttural, genuflecting concoction from the deepest recesses of Borneo. Klingon. Quote, I was interested in the question of whether my son, going through his first language acquisition process, would acquire it like any human language, Spears told the Minnesota Daily. Quote, he was definitely starting to learn this. Spears says he isn't really a huge Star Trek fan. (laughs) Sure you're not. Lie. He has a doctorate in computational linguistics. Yeah, okay. What is All that? Right. It's a uh, his... you, you look for patterns in speech and his child and re- language. Rearing habits were part of a larger story on the company he advises, Ultralingua, which develops language and transi- translation software including Klingon. That's what a computational linguist does. Yes. They create translation software. Interesting. One What's step it, closer so to that universal translator. What does he do to that kid? That kid's going to have a serious, serious linguistic deficit. Way no. to use your spawn to further your science. Well, but it, it, it's, it's been known for, for quite a while that especially very young children are capable of learning multiple languages much easier than adults, say, going and trying to take Spanish or Russian in college level. You just, you just don't have those same natural acquisition skills because, you know, your neural pathways have already pretty much set by the time you're, you're reaching your, your er, you know, late teens, early 20s, right. and you're in college. But, you know, a child that's, you know, just learning how to speak can learn how to speak, you know. It, well, look at multi um, uh, multi language households. You know, yes. Parents that speak Spanish around the kid at home, and then they learn English at school. They speak them both very fluently. Hell, our friend Rudy, you know, has almost no uh, sign of an accent, but he can drop into Spanish like that, and then go right back to English. Yeah, and, I mean, it's just an and hmm? it's got a little bit. Barely. Barely. And and that's mostly just because he grew up in California, so... <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just the nature of, you know, children. So, I mean, I don't think the fact that he learned to Klingon is going to screw him up any other than, hey, he learned another language that only other geeks can speak, but... <laughs> uh, poor kid. I feel bad for him. Oh, please, you know you would want to learn Klingon. No, I, I had a chance to learn Klingon many times over the years, and uh, yeah, no, I don't know it. I know enough Klingon to get by at Star Trek The Experience. Oh, come on, that if, it were a Star Wars, 
If it were a Star Wars language, I'm sure you'd jump at the chance to learn it. Tuta solo? <laughs> Bullshit language. Now from Joystick, two Swiss humata- humanitarian organizations recently examined 20 shooting-centric video games to determine whether they allowed players to break the wartime guidelines laid out by the Geneva, Conven- sorry, Geneva Convention. Rules which prohibit torture, destroying protected objects, quote-unquote, such as churches, mosques, or, say, shooting a bunch of people who are waiting to catch a plane. The games observed, which include 24 The Game, Call of Duty 4, and they're calling 5, Modern Warfare 2, and Metal Gear Solid, were largely panned for allowing the player to simply ignore the Geneva Convention statutes. According to a BBC report on the study, the two groups explained that while players of these titles may never become soldiers, the war crime violations could, quote, influence what people believe war is like and how soldiers conduct themselves in the real world, unquote. In short, you should feel bad about your recent airport murder spree in Modern Warfare 2, not for the moral implications of killing dozens and dozens of incident, innocent people, mind you, but because it's against the rules. The rules of war, please, whatever. It's a goddamn joke. That way we put those rules out so we could feel better about ourselves afterward and have the quote-unquote higher moral ground. But in reality... There is a lot of stuff that goes on in war that... It's just bad. It doesn't get talked about very often, but, you know. We use the the Geneva Convention rules so that we could say, well, maybe we shouldn't do this and that and this other thing. And we, we keep it a little cleaner than... Than just all outright blood, sh- you know, bloodbaths. But that's pretty much it. And seriously, if you're gonna if you're gonna review games for that, you're wasting your goddamn time. <laughs> yeah, no kid has ever read the Geneva Convention rules, or most of them not even having even heard of them. I can't tell you what all the rules are off the top of my head. I imagine I can't. I, well, really, you know, it doesn't even matter. I don't even care. I'm playing a goddamn game. I don't care about your fucking rules. Yeah. It's, it's bad enough that I can't jump and swim <laughs> and do all kinds of other stuff on some of these games. You notice how you can't jump in a lot of those games. You can't, can't jump, fall into water, it's automatic death. I know. Some for some reason you, you continue to reload even if the enemy's right there in front of you. You can't just say like, just fucking whack him with a gun. Sometimes you can. Sometimes. Can't drive a car. Ugh. There's enough rules we have to contend with. There's a door right here. It's open. Why can't I walk through it? Exactly. (laughs) Yes, so in other words, yeah, real world equality, not exactly, and everybody already knows that. Yeah. Who has half a brain. Atari has a new website. Does it now? And that's all there is for that. Okay, next up, we have... (laughs) Wow, 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 Okay, 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 you're right. Actually, in this case, it's worth checking out. If you're a fan of the company's classic arcade console games, the site is offering up free-to-play browser-based versions of Adventure and Yars Revenge for the Atari 2600. Opening it right now. And the legendary coin-ops Battlezone, Crystal Castles, and Lunar Lander. Love me some Battlezone and Lunar Lander. Love me some Yars Revenge. Yeah, so there it is. You want to get a little nostalgia on Atari's website. You have to jump through a few hoops going through this advertisement or that advertisement. Advertisement. But after you've gone through the advertisement... It's there for your enjoyment. For free! For free! For free? But moving on while Barry's checking out the website. According to a report by Information Week, the state of New York is in the planning stages of a revamped emergency broadcast system 
capable of sending alerts to Xbox Live and presumably other console online services in the event of a natural disaster, terrorist attack, or other not-so-good event. That's a good idea. The, I agree with that. The state's deputy chief information officer says the idea makes sense considering the amount of time that youth spend playing video games. No specifics yet on how the system will actually work. I think it would be good for, like, adding in, like, say, Amber Alerts and stuff. You know, they, and... No, no, not a, not an Amber Alert. That's because that's I don't need that blip in the middle of my Borderlands game. Because that's what it is. It's it's an interruption of your game. You want it for an emergency. Well, Amber Alerts tend to be emergencies. A kid has just been kidnapped. You know, they were last seen. Somewhere. Do you know how many kids go kidnapped all the fucking time? That is not an emergency. And let's face it, there's only not, so not, much... Not, not worth destroying my fucking game score for. And there's Sorry, only so much room you can put on, like, an Xbox bloop. You know, it says who your friend is. Or this achievement with a limited amount of name, you can't put bloop. Amber is three six, has blonde hair, was last seen with. You can't put all that up with a on an amber alert. So it's got to be just a blip that says emergency broadcast. Please tune to nearest news. Right. You know something quick like that. Unless it just says amber alert, and then at that point people will just stop. People just really hate amber alerts. Yeah. Like that, but I'm all for you know the government telling me, uh, yeah, stop playing Left 4 Dead. The zombies really are here, except for when it's the stupid weather alert test. <laughs> oh yeah, that won't goes be. on for five minutes. It's like and it's like, it's only a test until like 12:05. It's like 12 o'clock. Why does it have to go on for five minutes? And it, why does it have to? completely drown out all the volume on any channel that I'm watching, as well as on the stupid DVR, on pre-recorded programs. That's the best part, isn't it? Ugh. Your DVR, you've got this perfectly recorded on what you watched, even though the test has already come and gone. Blat. Blat. Tasty. I, just, I wouldn't mind it so much if I'm like, okay, I realize it's just a test. It's not a real actual weather emergency. If I could push the exit button and it would stop, I would love that. But no, you have to wait it out, usually on pause and on mute. Well, now a startup developer called Undead Labs is taking the zombie genre to the next logical step with a currently untitled zombie-based MMO made specifically for consoles. I am excited. Tell me more. In the announcement, company boss Jeff Strain said, Every time I see a good zombie movie with friends, we spend days debating our strategies for surviving the zombie apocalypse. Oh, who doesn't? The police station or the supermarket, garden rake or the staple gun, Bach or the white stripes. I'm a game developer, so I'd probably be useless for anything other than ghoul bait. But I'm excited to have the opportunity to build an MMOZ that lets us put these strategies to the test and find out for sure, unquote. <laughs> Strain helped found ArenaNet and was the executive producer for NCSoft's Guild Wars. Oh, so cool. he knows what he's doing. Mm, I am interested to hear more about and that. And I have a friend uh, out there who's uh, wor- been working on a zombie-based MMO for a while. So It's not, uh, oh God, what the hell was it? Exanimous, was it? No. Because that thing didn't go anywhere. No, no. This is, is it's a whole separate thing. He's working on it for a while. So I don't know if this has anything with what he's working on or if he's now got competition in the highway. But this was bound to happen sooner or later. 
And I'm glad it's happening with somebody that seems to know what they're doing. Right. I only have one last thing in my news section. And uh, it's it's uh, settle in, folks, because this one is both amusing and upsetting at the same time. Oh, no. All right. Hit us. World of Warcraft maker Activision Blizzard is the latest target of lawsuit by serial sewer professional plaintiff Eric Estevedo. Who? Okay. Other things that he's sued for. He, he once sued Sony uh, following a ban from the PlayStation Network. And then there was another suit that targeted Microsoft and Nintendo, the former over an Xbox Red Ring of Death, and the later over a firmware update that disabled the ho- his homebrew channel that he created. So, now here we go. Fucking problem. Filed in the Civil Division of the Superior Court of California, County of Santa Clara, the civil complaint charges Activision Blizzard with, quote, deceitful business practices as it continues to maintain a harmful virtual environment to many of its customers by forcing them to follow the game's sneaky and deceitful practices, unquote. Among Estevillo's claims is that WoW is designed for a gamer, quote, to walk or run at a calculated slow pace, resulting in the player taking longer to get where he or she needs to go in the game, unquote. The slow pace says the plaintiff, leads to longer time needed to finish the game requests, in turn leading to more subscription revenue for Activision Blizzard. Estevillo also complains that faster transportation is not available until a player levels up accordingly or purchases an expansion pack. The plaintiff then likens his health problems, these are his health problems, OCD, agoraphobia, panic disorder, major depression, and Crohn's disease, to the afflictions that ailed the late EverQuest gamer Sean Woolley, who took his own life Thanksgiving morning 2001. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me pause right there for a second. Okay. Is he, he's not blaming them for Crohn's disease. He's, he's not likening he's not, No, no. He's, he's likening. He, he has the Crohn's disease, but he's saying that it's putting him in the same state that this other depressed guy was who killed himself over this EverQuest game. Oh, cry me a river, you know, pussy. They have medications for the depression. Man up, Nancy. And I'll continue here. Estevillo stated that he, quote, doesn't want to end up like Sean did, as Estevillo relies on video games heavily for that little ongoing happiness he can achieve in his life, unquote. Here we go. Here's the subpoenas. This is great. Estevillo subpoenaed Depeche Mode founder Marvin Lee Gore and actress Winona Ryder, to provide testimony on his behalf regarding the subject of alienation. What? What? No, I have to explain this. Gore was subpoenaed because, this is uh, the Depeche Mode guy, quote, he himself has been known to be sad, lonely, and alienated, as can be seen in the songs he writes, unquote. And Ryder, because her and Estevillo's common interest in the J.D. Salinger book, Catcher in the Rye. Oh, you're bringing the rye into it. Ryder would be able to, quote, explain the significance of alienation in Catcher in the Rye. It would also testify how alienation in the book can tie to alienation in real-life video games such as World of Warcraft, unquote. Estevillo is seeking punitive damages of $1 million and a court order that, wow, implement changes that address the issues of his complaint. And the judge hasn't thrown this out yet? (laughs) I'm sure it's just a matter of time. Gosh. I'm impressed at the audacity. I really am. Wow. I mean, yes, everybody line up, everybody gets one punch. <laughs> which I'll probably get sued for saying that. 
Well, I mean, what he's, a he's, he's agoraphobic. How is he going to appear in court? Well, he's just going to have his lawyers appear for him. <laughs> that's the thing that he have to be shuttled into that that limo, you know, real close, up close, and like a thing over his head. I don't know. You know what? There were there was what a time dick. when no lawyer would even touch a case like this. They're like they would just look at you and go, "Really? Get out of my office!" But somebody now, out there, yeah, I was gonna say there are lawyers now that will take any case because. A lot of times, they get paid whether you win or not. Yes, that is true. And if I were a lawyer and I get paid whether or not, I, why, why not take this case? It's, it's taking money, obviously, from a big fucking baby. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hate this well, guy. I hope yeah. he loses. Of I, course he's going to lose. How could... The, uh, he subpoenaed Winona Ryder and the founder of Depeche Mode. Yep. <laughs> Loser. Be, as character witnesses... Of themselves because they deal with depression and alienation. Do they have to appear? I don't know. It's a subpoena. It's I don't know. Sub- how that... well, but, 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 the, but the it... judge has to approve yeah, the subpoena, yeah, so exactly. I doubt very much so... it's going to get that far. <laughs> I'm but just, I mean, I'm just, the, the, the audacity is amazing. He can file the case and he can file his subpoenas, but the judge can dismiss it before. It even goes to a trial. If it goes to trial, then the judge can say, well, you have the right to subpoena, but I have to approve it. And he could dismiss the subpoenas for Ryder. You know, I want this to go to trial. I want this to go to trial. I want want Blizzard to countersue for for court costs. And I want to see Winona Ryder take the stand in a World of Warcraft case that she knows nothing about. So that she could talk about Catcher in the Rye and how it equates to this guy's Why, what's messed up deal? life. How does he? Equ- I don't understand how he equates. He read a book. He identified with the character, and the book expert he chooses is Winona Ryder. I think he's like a college professor, not some college literature professor, <laughs> but Winona Ryder. Oh, this is rich. This this. This is this a joke? It's not a joke, but you know what? It almost deserves a screenplay. It's that compelling. I'm not going to give. I don't want to. I don't want to reward this guy. For no, anything. no, no. Yeah. We'll we'll change the names and we'll. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> we'll, wow. we'll change things up enough that this guy will get nothing from anybody. He, that's just it. He's going to get nothing from any of this. It's, it's. It's his way of impacting the world he lives in since he finds there's obviously no other way he can impact his life. His own almost quote-unquote sad little life. Wow. What a sad fucker. Not all geeks are created equal. That's I don't true. even accept him in my brood. Your brood? Just go to Comic-Con, you'll see that that statement is true. <laughs> Especially when the wash of stink flows across the room. But that's all that's happened in Week of Geek that I could find, at least, that was interesting enough to tell you, but that's quite a bit of interesting stuff. That's, that's a lot of stuff. So, so chew on that, suck friends. Suck on that for uh, yeah. Thanksgiving uh, weekend. And if you got something yeah. to say, you know, leave us a comment in the comments section. Write to us, comments at uglycouchshow.com. Make sure you check the Ugly Couch Show out as it comes to you directly to your computer, to the tubes of the internet. And until then, signing off, I'm Master Torgo. I am, as usual, Dr. Vlark. 80s Jeff. And I hope your week is better than friggin' sad-ass cereal sewer air festival. Chocolate giddy-up! Your tears won't fall
forever.